Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, audio-only edition. I'm Johnny Venerable. He is Bo Brock. But we're just three days away from the Arizona Cardinals' final road trip in the NFC North this year. They go to Chicago to take on the Chicago Bears. And uh, we're out of practice on Thursday, going to be there on Friday. This is the team right now taking an evolution, specifically offensively, since Kyler Murray has come back. Run game. Tight ends, wide receivers, they're a problem. Yeah, big time. Well, maybe not so much the tight end. I mean, oh, you just IR Jeff Swain, but Trey McBride seems to be the solution there, and the supporting cast is encouraging, right? Isaiah, I, Elijah Higgins, first career touchdown. I think uh, Vokalek, who they added from the Ravens at 6'7", just a massive human being, flashed in preseason, and you, you have to kind of like that room. But, yeah, for sure, the wide receivers who Rondell Moore kind of went to bat for in the locker room, the post-practice locker room, uh, is is looking to kind of prove itself. I think the rest of the season and, and anybody in that in that wide receiver core is, is now, you know, auditioning to see if they can move forward this organization. We had an opportunity to connect, Bo, with Rondell Moore in the locker room. I encourage everybody to check out the clip on social, PHNX underscore Cardinals on Twitter. Rondell Moore kind of passionately, I, I say respectfully, Say, pushing back on the narrative that the Cardinal receivers, you know, can't separate, have underperformed. Like, what do we need to do to get the juices going? And, you know, I give him credit. You pointed out to him when we were speaking with him, Bo, that he's played the most career games of his of his career. He's on pace to what, play 17 games roughly this mm-hmm. year, if not 18 games. Um, he's healthy right now. He's the only really healthy starting receiver for the Cardinals consistently over the last month. And while, you know, he's going to stick up for his guys, it's admirable to, to hear Rondell Moore kind of go to bad for his peeps because right now running routes out there it's like michael wilson hopefully gets some targets this weekend but rondell moore is like the default wide receiver one for the arizona cardinals right now not you yeah. know including <laughs> trey mcbride right uh and baldy i think was incorrect or was correct where he kind of said rondell is more of a gadget player right now i, I don't even yeah. know if you could say that he's a consistent threat in the passing game like it's it's a deep shot downfield it's a pass at the line of scrimmage or before that. And of course, new to this year, kind of running between the tackles and in, in, in pushing it outside or, you know, some gadget running play. So, uh, like you said, admirable, right? He said he encourages us to watch the film and you'll see that guys are getting open and just said that it's just um, 
part of the gig basically as an NFL wide receiver. Sometimes the, the game flow, the coverage, what the opposition's doing and what's open. Um, it, it's just a, it's a, it's the nature of the game is, is basically what Rondell Moore said. But uh, if, if the game against the 49ers was, you know, so overly like the outlier, you know, you could agree with that, but there's been a a bunch of those games this season. Right. I mean, and it's, you haven't gotten the production. You've put up some pretty uh, eye popping stats throughout this week. And it wasn't just against the Niners defense in week 15. It's, you know, it's a collection of receivers that, you know, I love Greg Dorch. I'm not including him in this because he's an undrafted free agent. It's not just because he's part of this brand, PHNX Cardinals, PHNX Sports, but like they didn't use a resource on on Greg Dorch. Greg Dorch, I think, is is really good in his role. I, I'm I'm going to specify that this is, you know, we're acknowledging guys that were second round picks to Steve Kime. You know, once upon a time, Ron Delmore, Andy Isabella, Christian Kirk, who was allowed to leave. They used a second round pick on DeAndre Hopkins. They got one productive year, maybe one and a half, right? I mean, it's a it's a receiving core that we're going to have to take a step back and say this needs to be rebuilt. And I think, you know, Michael Wilson, I still have aspirations that he's going to be a consistent threat in this passing game. But, like, even if Michael Wilson never develops into a star 11, 1,200 yards receiver, like, he was one of the last picks in the third round. Like, you get production out of him, maybe you get a second contract. That's a good draft pick still. But it's like, who's the alpha? They don't have one. They don't have an alpha receiver. It's not Hollywood Brown. It's not Roundell Moore. It's going to be to be determined. And like I, you know, barring something unforeseen in free agency, maybe a trade, they're going to have to get that player from the draft. And I think they're going to have to get it in the first round of the draft. Like we're, you know, we're joking around every show seemingly about Marvin Harrison Jr. and the odds and we're tracking it. But like, I, I think they're in a position right now. If you don't get Marvin at three or four or two or wherever it is, you have to take a receiver with that second first round pick. It almost feels like a mandate or at the very least trade back. You have a couple extra seconds and you spend a couple picks on a wideout. But to me, it's like the, the priority needs to be whatever is Austin Ford's type, whatever is Drew Petzing's type. They have a type offensively, big and physical. You need to go find that because this, this franchise right now, they desperately need, like a lot of teams, an A.J. Brown, a D.K. Metcalf, a Cooper Cup, I mean, most teams in the NFL, if you go across all 32 teams, Bo, I, I would venture to say like most teams, two thirds, have a, a true number one receiver. Now, there are tiers to that. Like Washington's got Scary Terry and Chicago's got, we'll see DJ Moore this weekend. There are just guys that you can pencil in, Amari Cooper, thousand yard receiver every year. The Cardinals need their version of that. Even if it's not a top five to seven guy like a Justin Jefferson, like you hope Marvin Harrison would turn into. You got to have a receiver next year that you can point to that's not Trey McBride and say, yeah, we think that player can get to over a thousand yards and be our go to wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, one thing that this organization has uh, been blessed with or that you can kind of look back in history and be proud of is is the wide receiver position. And there's not a lot of wide or not a lot of positions uh, across the organization. You could say, man, they've done pretty well there. But the wide receiver position has been one of those, right? You know, Larry Fitzgerald, Frank Sanders, Anquan Bolden, uh, David Boston for a cup of coffee, Rob Moore, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, mm-hmm. you know, great wide receivers, you know, seemingly throughout with obviously some down seasons like 2018 where, you know, it was the end of Fitz's career and there was really nobody else on that 
wide receiver core. And then you get DeAndre Hopkins shortly after in 2020. And then it's like, okay, they got a guy again. And Mm -hmm. yeah, you're right. They're going to have to seek out the guy. And, you know, that's, that's why I think, you know, you have to think beyond Marvin Harrison Jr. And because there are options out there, what it's the free agent market and, you know, it, it would sting a little bit, but I think that uh, it, you're not just going from, you know, a Ferrari to a jalopy here as far as a car, as far as the wide receiver market goes. I think, you know, a Malik Neighbors is, is a great consolation prize. A Roman Dunzier is a great consolation prize that you can start to rebuild your wide receiver core with immediately. Um, you know, is it, are you adding Calvin Johnson? No, but, you know, could you be adding, you know, who, who in AJ Brown type? You know, I, mm-hmm. I think that that's that's fine. Like it, it, that's just how good Marvin is. But it doesn't mean you can't get better at that position, which they desperately need. Yeah, I mean it's it's stark. It's it's apparent when you watch this team on on Sundays is just a huge flaw within the organization. Something that I found as kind of the same thing on the flip side. So I was at practice today with Bo, and Bo's at practice every day, so he sees the players firsthand. Um, but then when I get to go, which is sparingly, you know, it's always alarming to me, like how big Yelda Froldholt is, how big Will <laughs> Hernandez is, you know, Trey McBride. And I'm, I'm looking at the players on the field and in the locker room today. And this isn't a knock on anybody. This is just the, the fact of the reality for the Cardinals. The Cardinals are exponentially more, more bigger, bigger humans. Yeah, just bigger. Like my, mm-hmm. my four-year-old daughter says more bigger. Mm-hmm. They, they're more bigger than they are on the defensive side. They are more physically imposing offensively. They're like outside of receiver. It's kind of ironic. Their offensive line is enormous. I mean, it's not by accident that they're able to run for 200 yards a game. James Connors, big and physical Trey McBride, you know, they signed that tight end who's six, seven. They just have a lot of size on offense, mm-hmm. like impressive size, put together size. Then you look at the defensive side of the football. This has to be, as we go in, and it's probably not fair because they've lost players like Kazir White, but like this has to be probably the most underwhelming physical group of defenders to end a season that I can remember for the Cardinals. And that really just kind of starts with their defensive line. Like they've they've just got a lot of guys that maybe you hope can stick, but probably shouldn't be starting right now. Like Zaven Collins is unequivocally their most impressive specimen put together six five and and he's an average nfl player right now it just goes to show you like i'm putting a huge emphasis rightfully so on receiver that's a huge problem with this team their defensive front seven needs a complete facelift like because mm-hmm. your white will be back and you like b joe Gilari and dante dante stills but i mean you probably need four new starters in that group of of seven to eight guys in that rotation they they need some help desperately yeah, and I think that that's where a lot of, you know, this offseason is going to be emphasized. And that's, you know, where you can win some football games. That That's where the talent disparity has been on full display all season long. Like when they play teams that lack up front, like they can compete. When they've got a team that can dominate up front, like uh, San Francisco and, and lately the Los Angeles Rams, you know, they they can fall behind real quickly and games can get out of hand. Uh, especially when they've got, you know, a, a physical offensive line. Um, and the Arizona Cardinals are going to have to, 2024 offseason, get uh, really, really more physical up front. And you're right. It's it's going to be more like, as we talk about, maybe the most 
least talented group in the NFL position group in the NFL, the defensive line for the Cardinals. Um, and then like we're saying with the pass rush, it's, you got to get more pass rush help too. So like, Zero it's, it's not just, game, yeah, it's, it's been bad. Like, even though you've been, in, you were encouraged by the numbers early on, you could do that against some, some bad offensive lines against Washington and uh, rack up some stacks against some, you know, Cincinnati and, and get some guys on the ground quarterbacks on the ground, but to do it consistently and against those good teams, they're going to do a good job and keep their quarterback upright. Um, that man, did they take, you know, a, a pretty average unit and, and make them look below average the last couple of weeks. And it, it's really, it's probably good for Monty Osford going into the off season to, to realize like, okay, you got a lot of work here to, to be done. Mm-hmm. Like before when they were competitive you were seeing guys flash, like Gardeck comes out of the gates hot. Zayvon Collins, like, oh, it looks like this position change is really going to do him good. And then it tapers off. It's like, oh, shit, hold on a second. Uh, we still need to find starters, impact makers at those positions. Yeah, Zayvon in particular, like, I think you and I were on the same page. We thought he'd start slow because of the position change in, like, November, December. We're cooking with gas a little bit. Maybe has some some odd number games with some sack totals. It's been the opposite. I mean, and they like him. He's going to be on the team next year, mm-hmm. but like they, they need significantly more talent on those two positions. So good clarity. I mean, Austin Ford, as you've noted on the, the sideline, walking around to practice, like this team, as we know, it has a shelf life of three more weeks. Like I, I know that they have the least amount or potentially the least amount of players with expiring contracts of like starters on their team, that doesn't mean that they're not going to flip this roster on his head. You know, you and I were talking about this off air. Like what if they, what if they slow play free agency again? I just don't think that even though Austin Ford and Gannon have immense job security from Michael Bidwell, I think they both got five-year deals. You you can't sit out free agency two years in a row. If you're the same regime, you have to put an yeah. imprint on your roster. This is not the roster outside of the rookie class, Bo. I mean, this is, this is still Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury's roster. It's evident. It's evident when we watch the receiver play. It's evident when we watch the defensive line play. I mean, like, they have not, outside of Paris Johnson Jr. and Ojolari and Michael Wilson and Garrett Williams and some of these guys, Stills, the, the imprint of this roster, especially in free agency, which, like, I know free agency's fools, fool's gold, but a lot of teams help themselves in March. And, no, we don't want to be the team that's over-relying on free agency, but, like, James Conner came from free agency. Matt Prater, once upon a time. They got yelled at Froldholt and Kazir White in free agency last year. Like, they need to go out and, like, maybe they spend big on one or two positions, but, like, they they need to be flushed with a bunch of, like, mid-tier signings on this team. This mm-hmm. team needs to be flipped on its head with guys who are signing two-year, like, $15 million deals making about 6 or $7 million to come in here and do a job at a high level or to hold down a spot and not be embarrassing. Because right now it's just, it is not a, a roster. And I, I like, I, people are going to scoff at this. Like I am pretty encouraged that they have been able to, to, to win and, and compete in as many games as they have been. Because yeah. you, we, we watched the LA Rams on Thursday night. Like it, it doesn't even seem like they're playing in the same league as them, much it's less like the same, same division. It's crazy because you think like the Rams and and they've shown this like without Matthew Stafford, they just can't be competitive, right? If no. they can't get, you know, rock solid quarterback play. And we know that Stafford can sometimes stumble on his own, but like he's 
really the the thing that holds that that team above water and and can make them look really damn good where we're talking like hey look out for the rims they could potentially play themselves into the caleb williams sweepstakes like it was Mm -hmm. that fine of a line and you know obviously mcveigh elevates everything there and, and it's really impressive but uh you know what what they've done it the same amount of rookies as the arizona cardinals that they have on the roster at this given moment like the rams at eight and seven johnny have 13 rookies on their active roster while the cardinals have 13 you're just like Man, that's that's unbelievable to to be as competitive as they are. The Seahawks continue to put themselves in this in the playoff hunt. It's like the Arizona Cardinals, even it's if they do, bath, man. Yeah, even if they do go and and spend some money this offseason and hit on some draft picks, and Jonathan Gannon takes a step as a coach. It's like it's going to be a gauntlet the NFC West uh, for for many years to come. So it's 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 fun to watch. Like you take it right, I take it over. You know, I know a lot of people would probably sign up playing in the NFC South, but how fun could that be watching just teams just struggle at the NFL yeah. level? Like That's four worried. teams just struggle. Yeah, that I mean, Baker Mayfield's going to win that division. And I love Todd Bowles, but come, what are we doing here? Uh, that's where, I mean, that's where Kyler Murray has to be the differentiator. And they, if they feel like he can be, and I, I think that's where they're headed, then you ought to be able to beat the Seahawks head to head, if they're starting Geno Smith and you're starting Kyler Murray and you're paying Kyler Murray $52 million, you ought to be able to coach him up and coach this roster up to, to beat the Seattle Seahawks next year and potentially in the finale Yeah, and, and split with the Rams. And and you know, I don't know what the state of the Niners is going to look like next year. I think they're going to be coming off, unfortunately, a Super Bowl victory. But to me, it's just anybody who thinks a, a rookie, any of these guys are going to come into the NFC West next year and do nothing but getting eaten alive. I mean, the Cardinals, the margin for error on this roster is razor thin. And like, it'll be better next year, but it's going to be on Kyler Murray to to make plays in this offense, to help them win games. We see how difficult it is to win in the NFL. Like if if you don't have high-end quarterback play, your roster better be on point or you're going to get embarrassed, especially in this division. Does anybody think this, like I think this roster is going to be way better next year, but it's, I mean, they're they're a bottom-tier roster in the NFL right now. I would say probably like, anywhere between like 28 to 32. Like a good off season is, could they, can they get into the teens? Can they be like 17, 18, 19? And that, and that might be asking a lot, but then yeah. Kyler Murray then elevates you. But it like Drake May or Caleb Williams or Jaden Daniels with the 20th ranked roster in the NFL. Hello, that's a five win team. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I, I think right now, especially after the injuries and, and everybody has injuries, but where the roster started and where it is now, you talk about that margin for error. You said razor thin. I think they're in the deficit, like starting games. Like mm-hmm. that, that roster is so it's it it's the the competitiveness there or lack thereof. Like they compete their ass off, no doubt about it. And that's yeah, that's it's not indi- this isn't an indictment right. on the coaching staff or the players. No doubt about it. And, and guys have emerged in in guys that you could say, okay, you can move forward with him, right? It's like I'm encouraged by BJ Ujolari. I'm encouraged by Garrett Williams and, and Michael Wilson and, and, and Yelda Frodeholt. And because you're white when he's healthy, but this is still uh, a roster that needs significant upgrades across the board. And I think, you know, even when they win the turnover battle, they're losing football games because they won the turnover battle, both three to nothing at Seattle and lost by double digit points. (laughs) What? (laughs) That was the example I was going for right there is unbelievable. So uh, that's, that's why I think it's even at a deficit. So they, they, they have a ton of work to be done. Like things have to go really well for them, even to 
get into a position to be competitive within their own division. And if they're competitive within their division, they're going to be competitive in the conference. And, and that's, that's just going to, you know, continue to trend in the right direction. So, but any other takeaways? I mean, it is good to see, like, I think that that measuring stick, that's how it should be in the NFL. Like, if you're going to go against the grain and you're going to try to play a five guard lineup using an NBA analogy in the NFL, like you got to be exceptional at basically all five positions. And they just weren't like they were taking some, some swings, just some blind swings, like a bad swing too. like your mechanics were way off uh, as far as on some of these picks. Uh, like w- when you get off the bus, like you need to instill some fear into the opposition's heart and they can do that now. That's a great analogy. The Cardinals, they have some guys that you want coming off the bus. The guys that they prioritize in the draft are the opposite of that. Not Austin Fortune, (laughs) but I'm talking about the last five years. I mean, like, like Rondell Moore and Andy Isabella, and even like some of their first round picks, like, I like Isaiah Simmons could look intimidating, but he wasn't an intimidating player on the field. He got pushed around in the run game. He Big got finesse. exposed. Yeah. Yeah. He, like it was, that's the perfect word to describe the Kingsbury era. It was finesse football. And like that can win you some games early in the season, just like in college football. You can win a lot of 10 o'clock kickoffs with finesse football, winning games 56 48, West Virginia, Texas Tech, whatever it is. The Cardinals would spend a couple months out of the year racking up some dubs and, and being flashy and scoring a bunch of points. And then, you know, backpedaling on defense. And then when real football started in November and December, they get smacked in the mouth and they could never recover. And now the Cardinals are are trying to build something that's sustainable from September to January. What I really like is Austin Ford's gotten a lot of time. And I've been knocking Mike Vrabel because I think he's done a shit job this year. But like, <laughs> like they in Tennessee and in Philadelphia, they built an infrastructure where sometimes they would start slow. Eagles and and Titans historically during Gannon and Austin for its tenures there, they would be like a 500 team. And then they play really good football at the end of the year and they could run the ball and they could, they could rush the passer and they're, they're starting hot. You know, by the time the postseason came around, you'd be like, Oh wow, Tennessee's in the AFC championship game. Like the Cardinals are trying to aspire to, to be that kind of like the Rams right now. I mean, the Rams mm-hmm. are eight, seven, they're playing their best football of the year. So they got a long way to go. Like I was walking out with somebody out of the practice facility today, Bo, before you rolled up. And I'm like, they just need better players. Like, it's so cliche <laughs> to say that. The, the players that they have, like, take sauce, Cardinal fans. Like, they're going to get new players this offseason. I, I think what they've done is admirable this year. I'm glad some of these guys are hopefully making a name for themselves. They can go and play elsewhere. But, like, the, the Cardinals need help. Like, you could flip a coin and say, pick a position, and outside of about three, we could use some help at that position. Like, big-time mm-hmm. help. Let's just try to do it on the fly. Quarterback. Safety. Safety for sure. Uh, I think Kazir White coming back. Good. So but if, if, but they, if they have like a an 80 graded inside linebacker and he falls to like the third round, they love sure. him. Like you fucking take him. Right. Right. Um, you're looking at both outside corners. I think you like Garrett Williams as your slot still. In the future too. I just don't think they bump him out. You could take a tackle. You could take a guard. You could take a. But center. as you said, the entire front seven, like Dante Stills, 
cracks the rotation. I think he's a good rotational guy. But outside of that, and, and, and BJ Ojolari, I think, can, right now, I'd say he's a rotational guy with upside. Nobody's promised but, anything. You, right. go on, you, you try to work your ass off. Like, I watched Nick Rollis work with Cameron Thomas off to the side, and I'm like, is that, like, now one of the biggest disappointments this year? That, like, 97, I remember when yeah. you and I were at the uniform unveiling, and, like, they're, he's, he's, like, being showcased as a uniform guy, and I get it. That was before they had their draft and everything, but, like, we thought that was a guy who could have like 10 to 12 sacks this year. He had like five sacks last year on a shitty Vance Joseph defense. Like this guy's going to explode on Jonathan Gannon. Is he, maybe he's not a good fit for this defense. Yeah. I mean, they, he is invisible during games. Invisible. Yeah. They've admitted that. They, they said schematically, uh, you know, somebody asked kind of for an update maybe halfway through the season. And they said, you know, he's, he's doing really well. He's putting in a lot of work and, a little, oh, yeah. you know, concerned about him out of the gates just because of how just coming from VJ's system and obviously San Diego State before that, you know, does it match up with what they what they want to do defensively? And he he had made some strides, but still not seeing the impact. And it, you know, they they already cut ties with the the outside linebacker that came in with him in the same draft in the same third round, Majay Sanders. I mean, they didn't wait. And, uh, you know, Cameron Thomas is probably, you know, are we watching his final games as, as an Arizona Cardinal? It's crazy. Point? I mean, he makes no money. That's the only reason why I think he could stick around. But, like, Cameron Thomas, Marco Wilson, I mean, Zayvon Collins now with his fifth-year option coming up, it's just like lighting draft picks on fire. You just have to put it – a good way to do it is just like you have to put it out of your mind that any time before 2023 – Whatever you got, great. Trey McBride, Kyler Murray, but it's it's all about these new draft classes and and can they develop these guys? And clearly they can. And that's they got 13 picks next spring. Could be more if they trade down. All those kids are going to play. If they can play, they're going to prioritize them. It's like what you and I were talking about when nobody else was in June. Like they were going to favorite this draft class. Garrett Williams got activated in October and was an immediate starter for them and had an interception his first game back. Like. They're, they're going to be young, and they're going to be, I think, well-coached. It looks like they're well-coached, so they just – I mean, April cannot come soon enough for this team. March, specifically, cannot come it's, soon enough for this facelift it, to happen. It's really wild, like, that they've they've not only utilized their draft class and then the undrafted free agent class and then other members of other draft class, like Elijah, Elijah. Higgins and yeah. Starling Thomas um, – and so they have 13 of them. It's literally so got, anything but Kimes guys. Yeah. And they've got 13 other like just draft picks. That's 26 players in two years that, that you're going to just add to this roster. That's half the roster. That's going to be first year guys next season. And, and then that, that doesn't even count the undrafted guys and what Monty picks up off of waivers before the season. Like we saw with the, with the new setup where you go from 90 to 53 in one day, but man, like talk about a youth infusion, like unlike we've ever seen, like your Trey McBride's going to look like an old man in there. I know he joked about that today. Like he, he quickly became the elder statesman of the tight end group. Cause he's the only guy with experience beyond one year playing. We were standing in the locker room and I'm like, remember when this team had Colt McCoy and <laughs> Isaiah Simmons was on the team and Zach Ertz was on the team. And those were like, potential captains for the, for this team and they're all gone 
And it's like, let's talk to these players that weren't here in September, you know, and then they had a quarterback named Josh Dobbs who was here for an, an hour and then left. I mean, it's just, it's like bizarre world season. It, it doesn't make any sense, but we got a game to preview on Friday. I, I think the Cardinals are going to beat the Bears. We're going to talk about all that it's, more. Dobbs is so funny. It's like he beamed in. It was like he was just a he was a visitor from a different planet. He was he was the past pastronaut. He just he beamed in. He's like, hey guys, and he had a couple like episodes. And then yeah, he, just he's beat like, the Cowboys. <laughs> and then he bounced. This all season, right. man. God bless you all for enduring this with us. We're uh, we're nearing the finish line. This podcast is not. We go on forever. Uh, like <laughs> like uh, like us on on the YouTube. Subscribe, obviously. Leave us a five-star if you have not done so already. Bo and I are back at it in the morning. Bo, JG Speaks. Uh, I'm guessing we're going to get bad news on Hollywood Brown, who newsflash was not a practice again on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Going to have some tight ends, some running backs, and, and some QB runs for Kyler Murray in the Windy City, which, Bo, that might be good enough to get it done. Yeah, and you got a Bears team. Talk to our guys over at CHGO Bears. I mean, that's a... That's a show that's just split on which direction they want this this team that they're playing, this organization that if if they're still split at this point, I think the decision is made uh, as far as what they do, the future, the quarterback position, you know, head coach and be in and much more. But um, hey, real quick, I, saw, I saw something from WGN and it was like a candid one on one interview with Justin Fields basically saying these I don't know. These could be my last three games as a Chicago Bear, and I'm like, could the Cardinals basically end Justin Fields' career as a Bear on Sunday? I think 100 percent they could. I get 100%. some Steeler vibes this week. Cold weather game. Don't you see? Like, I think that there's a, uh, some belief. Guys like Buddha and Kyler, like they'll go in there and, and they'll play that hard nosed football. And I don't know if like the opposing like the team that's supposed to have that mentality they're ready to play that but 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 then again they've got they've got some talent and they can continue to trend in the right direction but we'll we'll look at it in the full preview on friday just hours from now yeah check us out live on youtube for bo brock i'm johnny venerable we'll talk to you friday we all city like the mayor